Welcome to episode 166 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the draft day edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. My name is Philip Matthew. I'm your host and my co-host, an iRacing Indy 500 champion, a computer genius, a gentleman, and a scholar. His name is Joshua Fine. What's going on, brother? Hey, doing great, Phil, as always. Um, you know, a lot of drafting going on at Talladega this weekend, of course, uh, and also, of course, this Thursday night, NFL Draft. So certainly a lot of drafting going to be done there as well. So, um, yeah, that's going to be a lot of the focus here uh, coming up. But, yeah, ready to get into it and try to digest what we saw at Talladega. Yeah, there was a lot that took place at Talladega, a lot of wrecking. Uh, but Kyle Busch was the beneficiary of uh, the BFFs uh, battling there on the last lap of the race, Darrell Walsh Jr. and Ryan Blaney. Uh, Kyle Busch wins at Talladega for the first time in 15 years, uh, his 62nd career Cup Series victory, uh, and I guess it's redemption in a small sense from Daytona when he probably believed he won the Daytona 500, and in regulation he did win the Daytona 500, but another person with two wins this year, so it doesn't look like the same amount of parody that existed last year is the case right now though i do figure there's a bunch of guys that are probably going to add their name to the win list here as the season goes on Uh, the xfinity series saw jeb burton and jordan anderson racing win their first race Uh, jordan anderson racing winning their first race as a organization um, at a track where jordan anderson was hurt pretty bad last october in a truck uh, Jeb Burton gets his second career Xfinity win, uh, series victory, locks himself into the playoffs. Uh, that'll probably make things a little tighter for some of these other drivers uh, that are on the edge or right on the, about on the cut line. A lot of destroyed equipment in that race, a lot of really bad decisions and um, things to question about the mental acuity or whatever. We'll get into the points and for both series as they head off to Dover. We'll talk about the NFL draft and also the news of A.A. Ron finally getting traded to the New York Jets. Um, and it looks like Green Bay made out pretty good in that trade after all this time. Uh, but A.A. Ron will be the New York Jets starting quarterback uh, this year. So we'll get into that. Some of the things that Josh is seeing or looking at for this uh, weekend because he definitely has a lot more draft capital with his Jacksonville Jaguars than the 49ers do. Um, They won't be drafting till late Friday evening um, unless something weird goes on. Uh, We'll also talk about, I mean, I think the Aaron deal, and there must have been one other, I think there was one other piece that was going on, but I'll remember it as we go along. The roundup is busy. Rally Croatia, WRC, Berlin, E-Pre, doubleheader, World Superbikes were at Assen. And then we have a boatload of races this coming weekend. The six hours of Spa for World Endurance Championship, MotoGP and Moto2 at Jerez. Charlotte, four wide nationals for NHRA. Supercars will be at Wanneroo. Indy next at Baba. F2 and F3 at Baku. And... um. Actually, F2 at Baku, not F3. I learned that earlier because doing Formula Talk with Sophia. So go and listen to that if you're so inclined. And uh, we'll also make, I'll do previews and picks for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. There will be a sprint. This will be a sprint weekend for them. 
NASCAR Cup and Xfinity at Dover, and the IndyCar Grand Prix of Alabama. So the basically the momentum rolling towards the Indianapolis 500 starts now with the Barber and leading into that these next few weeks after the open test at Indianapolis. Josh will let us know all things sim racing and iRacing in his sim segment, and we will close the deal. So as I mentioned uh, previously uh, in the... Could, oh, that would be nice. Oh, Roid Rage was actually... Uh, named to the uh, 75 list. Okay, that's not really shocking. Cousin Carl. Yeah, Cousin Carl. Um, that's probably going to be a story when we're talking about the all-star race once they, um, considering who they put on it. Uh, Pitbull, uh, Armando, as a, as a, what do you call, Justin Marks likes to call him, is going to name his new album Trackhouse. As an ode to, of course, the team that he co-owns with uh, Justin Marks, amongst other news things. Um, the Geico 500, the Talladega ran pretty clean, nothing of great significance early. Um, uh, there was there was two incidents in the first stage. The the issue for Michael McDowell, which basically plagued him the whole entire day. He ended up being seven laps down at the end of the race. And uh, Chase Briscoe spinning out, getting on pit road uh, when they were trying to make their first set of pit stops. In stage two, they ran completely clean. Then the nonsense started in stage three. There was one, two, three, four different incidents, uh, which included going through to overtime uh, in overtime where they had uh, two incidents which are also the second one ended the race kyle bush gets uh, his first win at talladega since 2008 and had just enough fuel to make it back to the finish line and come back around for another lap ryan blaney who had one of the better cars in the racetrack one of his best racetracks led the most laps uh, but ends up finishing second again chris busher finishes third chase briscoe Finishes fourth after starting fourth in the Mahindra Tractor's Yule Goat Ford. And Brad Keselowski rounds out the top five. So four Fords in the top five. Then Eric Jones, William Byron, Christopher Bell, Daniel Suarez, and Todd Gilliland round out the top ten. I picked the wrong guy from Front Row Motorsports, obviously. Uh, J.J. Ailey from tailback to 11th. Um, Chase Elliott from 29th to 12th. Bowman as well was up there late. Ty Dillon ran pretty solid, considering he's Ty Dillon. Oh, Richard finished 15th, and Tyler Reddick with a destroyed race car finished 16th, just out of his car owner, Danny Hamlin. In the end, there were 27 cars on the lead lap, um, So, and then a lot of guys that probably were hoping or looking for better days late in the race that kind of got away from them, uh, the likes of Darrell Walsh Jr., who um, was trying to block Ryan Blaney and in the process uh, his best trying to block his best friend and in the process wrecked himself and then had a bunch of other people join him. Uh, AJ Allmendinger was clean for most of the day and then got involved in that last lap wreck along with Pizza Face, Keebler Gibbs, who was running really well late in that race, ran out of fuel actually. Uh, Gagson got involved in the first wreck in the um, overtime I think, or no, that was the, oh no, he was, yeah, he was in the first wreck in overtime, got turned uh, by by Ross Chastain, 
And that took out Kyle Larson, who got absolutely slammed no lube by Ryan Priest in the passenger yes, door. Real bad lick. Yeah, that was, and it basically mangled the whole entire roll cage on the right side of the car. So that's, I'm pretty sure they're going to be looking at that car in the R&D center. Um, Michael McDowell is also involved in that wreck. But in the end, Kyle Busch, he probably was in a position to win the Daytona 500, won it under the rules of, he was leading at lap 200, but in this case, he benefited from the best friends racing each other hard. And he gets his 62nd career Cup Series victory and puts himself uh, solidly into the playoff. It wasn't like he wasn't going to make the playoff, but now I think uh, he doesn't really have to worry about much anything. He moves up to fifth in points overall. Um, he's five points behind Kyle Larson in terms of the uh, playoff standings. So um, Christopher Bell continues to lead the points by 12 over Chastain, 20 over Kevin Harvick. So, yeah, uh, Josh, I mean, Kyle Busch getting a plate win, not something we're used to uh, in general for him, for as prolific of a winner as he may be. He's never really been a fan of these type of races especially while he was driving for Toyota. He had a serious injury at Daytona. Uh, but in this case, he had a really good race car and uh, was able to sneak right through when it counted and get that second victory of 2023. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Busch, you know, he was able to basically win by default there at the end after Bubba Wallace and uh, Ryan Blaney fought for the lead. And um, Bubba, you know, I think he made one too many blocks there. I think he really only afforded one or two at most blocks. And, you know, he tried three times and, you know, ended up uh, in the wall there. So, um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, yeah, no, it's um, interesting, you know, with, with Kyle Busch, you know, going to um, going to uh, Richard Childress, winning at Talladega. Remember when he um, went to Joe Gibbs, he also won at Talladega. So um, interesting that uh, each time that he's changed teams, he um, – you know, one at Talladega here, um, obviously ran well the Daytona 500 and probably should have won uh, that race as well. And of course, obviously, um, and we talked our our picks and everything, and I picked him to win, and that was my reasoning. Um, you know, based on how how he was at the end of the Daytona 500, and um, really there, I mean, it wasn't looking good until about you know five laps to go. I thought because um, you know the middle race he was up towards the lead and thought you know he might stay there but then was kind of mired you know um, back in the bottom half of the top 10 in the bottom lane with no real room to go until you know the last uh, couple of laps that they had a, uh, a caution uh, there so you know with uh, at lap 185 with um, you know a couple of laps to go there uh, having a caution um, yeah just um you know really really interesting like how that how that ended up playing out um obviously he kind of sent kyle larson there in the jam up after uh noah gregson and uh ross chastain got into it so um that netted him a couple of spots there obviously and afforded the opportunity and then you know of course made the uh decision to not pit they're really close on fuel um, and they, you know, made the decision to stay out or what he did and, um, you know, stay on track, keep the track position rather than coming in for gas. And, um, obviously that ended up being the right move there with, uh, how the last lap played out. So, um, yeah, I mean the race itself, I mean, 
you know, for the most part, you know, until basically the very end, it was, you know, fairly clean. Um, no real incidents uh, that occurred. Obviously, you know, you saw our your guy, Chase Briscoe, the Algo pick, um, spun out on pit road. Uh, Tyler Reddick also spun out on pit road as well uh, during green, uh, that set of green flag stops. So uh, definitely um, some interesting things uh, happening there um, with uh, those two incidents uh, trying to get onto pit road. But um, yeah, I mean, mostly, mostly clean, a um, lot of aggressive racing, you know, you saw, especially, you know, towards the end of the sta- uh, stages, uh, even in the middle portions of it, um, guys were fighting for position. Um, like, you know, you saw a lot of bump drafting up front uh, to try to push a guy into the lead. Uh, so, you know, that's definitely um, kind of what we come to expect uh, here at Talladega. Obviously, with uh, this style of racing, this uh, new car obviously races uh, very differently from uh, on the super speedways compared to the old car. You know, bringing back to, you know, what I said earlier with um, Bubba Wallace blocking and everything and at the end try to protect his position to win the race and um, you know obviously with these cars you know you get a, a huge huge run uh, with you know going up you know up front and um, you know you are only because of that you're only afforded really one or two blocks at most and um, you know once you block a third time you've slowed yourself enough where it's just really impossible to stop the guy from passing you there so yeah I mean uh, tough deal, you know, for guys like Bubba Wallace trying to win. Ryan Blaney as well, who hasn't won since uh, 2021. So, um, you know, he's obviously going on a 55-race winless streak there. So, I um, mean, he led the most laps as well. So it's a missed opportunity for both those drivers. Um, you know, Kyle Larson, of course, um, and we'll talk probably talk about it in a minute, but obviously the um, roll cage was breached uh, there. So the, you know, driver's, uh, area, um, they, I guess they they have um, found a bug in the system, if you will, um, which you know obviously a bad thing like that to happen. But obviously um, now they found an opportunity to um, improve uh, safety wise there, so um, uh, they'll investigate and figure out where to make all the necessary changes there. So um, yeah, I mean it's typical Talladega racing. Um, you know at least at least it wasn't a total wreck fest throughout the entire race. At least. Um, we got a good amount of it out of the way, the race, you know, lap wise out of the way until the end. And, and then they decided to start wrecking. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, but yeah, at the end of the day, that's, that's, uh, what Talladega is. I mean, most of the race was processional two lines. Uh, the inability to make a third line work was a story that was kind of pounded into the ground throughout the race but there were moments and there were times where that third lane did work and it kind of dictated some of the uh passes for the lead it's how bubba got the lead late in the race uh through running and getting into the third lane getting the right run and swinging over uh i mean recently they've been picking up their pace the 23 car they had a struggle to start the year uh but now they're running better which is a good sign for them, uh, the 45, of course, you have Tyler Reddick, he's sixth in points. And uh, when you're coming off of a win the year before um, and you've been fast in general, you should think you'd be thinking that he would be up there with him. But unfortunately, so far in um, 2023, it hasn't really worked out that way for the 23 car. But um, the run itself, the way that bubble looked, 
in the race. He looked like a contender again, uh, which is nice to see as long as, I mean, obviously there are plenty of people who don't like that, but for those people, they can go suck a dick. Um, you know, so in terms of that, in he's he's running better. Uh, I mean, three straight, I mean, and another person, three straight top five finishes for Chase Briscoe after what was a nightmarish start to the year as well. Um, I mean, that's uh, uh, interesting how that's all worked out for him. I mean, I'm trying to look through here. I mean, I can probably go on the, I'll go on the, on J-Ski and see what the playoff standings are right now. Uh, Briscoe and Busher, who swapped spots after the race ended, are 15th and 16th in points right now, right? Seven winners, nothing changed with that because Kyle Busch added his name as a sec two-time winner so far this year. Uh, Chastain leads overall in the points by uh or no he chastain is second in points to christopher bell who's leading overall uh by 12 so that's the that's the mix right now in the point standings um i mean for the race itself it was pretty uh, tame for the most part outside of the incident josh incidents josh mentioned in the first pit stop sequence which was like whether a combination of too much rear brake, maybe coming in too hot, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Smoke mentioned it. Boyer mentioned it on the telecast. Uh, but at least in the both of their case, in both cases, especially for Chase Briscoe, he was able to. It took a while for him to get his lap back, but he finally did. And um, it was on the caution on lap one forty seven. He finally got. Uh, or 143, where he finally got his lap back. Um, that was a one which involved the... That was a... I'm trying to think of who triggered that particular incident. I think it was Zane Smith and, and Austin Dillon. And then uh, Harrison Burton. No, Harrison Burton triggered the thing, but then uh, the 38 and the 3 were knocked out. The 42 was able to get through. The 62 sustained damage and had to been lost time, but was able to get their lap back in the final yellow, next last yellow of the race. And then from there, Briscoe went from the 30s up to his eventual position of fourth uh, at the end. Uh, there was It was a day where, I mean, I think for Stuart Haas and the Fords, there was a lot of consternation with the Ford camp, uh, among with Brad Keselowski and the drafting and all that. But the Stuart Haas cars were fast, all of them, and but none of them really had a lot. They really didn't have a lot to show for it. Penske cars also were fast, and of course Blaney left to wonder yet again in another race while uh, Logano went a lap down because of speeding penalty, got it back, then got destroyed. And then Sindrick, who they showed the longest winless streak since uh, after winning on a restrictor play track, and of course his one win is the Daytona 500 last year. He ran pretty well, but nothing to show for it. Keebler Gibbs also. I mean, both rookie drivers in the class this year have had not much to write home about. Keebler's been better uh, by default. Uh, but both of them are running up front late in the race in an opportunity scenario where if they win, they get into the playoffs. Instead, they weren't able to. Both of them end up destroyed. But something to look at as they go back to Atlanta later this year and Daytona to end the regular season. Mention the points uh, you know, right now. Uh, uh, what do you call? Bow leads overall. Uh, 
by 12, but and uh, 20 over Kevin Harvick. Then, as it stands, three two-time winners, Larson, Bush, Byron. Then you have the one-race winners, Bell, Reddick, Logano, and Stenhouse. Ross Chastain, Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex make up your top 10. Blaney, Bowman, Hamlin, Keselowski, Briscoe, and Busher uh, round out your 16. Uh, as it's Busher is 11 points ahead of Daniel Suarez and is that uh, 27 points ahead of Sindrick McDowell, who a lot of people picked, including me, in terms of some of the pools or some of the fantasy games, uh, basically being out of it three laps into a 500-mile race at Talladega. That had to be a freaking nightmare for him in the 34 car uh, in general. He lost some ground now. He is 129 points out overall, but he is... 38 points out of the cutoff and 41 points out of the cutoff is Keebler Gibbs and 20th. So let's move on to the Xfinity series at uh, Talladega, which definitely was, there was a lot of action in that one, a lot of destruction uh, in, in that race. And so that's something we'll get into the ag pro 300 uh, saw uh Jeb Burton get his second career win in the series and first for Jordan Anderson Racing. Won a stage in the process, too. So great job by him. Uh, Justin Allgaier won the first stage, and then stuff happened to him. A lot of wrecked vehicles. I'm trying to go through this list. There's, what, 19, 19 cars running at the end of the race. So half the field was eliminated uh, by the end. Of, of or near the end of this race. Jeb Burton with the win over Sheldon Creed, Parker Kligerman from tailback, Cole Custer, Brennan Poole driving for JD Motorsports finished fifth, Caesar Baccarella, of course, driving for himself, Alpha Prime finishes sixth, the Al- Algo pick, Parker Retzlaff. I mean, I guess we you can say that you picked the right team. Uh, and Brett Slaff actually was up there. He qualified well uh, and led laps, but we just picked the wrong driver from uh, Jordan Anderson Racing. But a good yeah. performance for that organization to get two cars in the top 10. Uh, Gray Galding with a top 10 finish for uh, SS Greenlight. Joey Gase, a rare top 10 finish for him. And then Josh Williams uh, finished 10th. You know, some of the other people that stood out, there was a lot of parody in this race. Uh, I think, what is it, Brett Moffitt led the most laps in 20 at 20, and then you had Sieg with 18, Jeb Burton 17, Hamrick with 15, and Austin Hill, who started on pole with 14 laps led, and by far had the fastest race car. Uh, once pit stop sequences happened and he lost some track position, he was still able to kind of get back up there, but I think he was biding his time, but time ran out for him, and uh, in the end, it's probably better for the show that he got wrecked because if he wins another race, it's probably going to become really boring, this Xfinity series. So Jeb Burton gets the gets the win. Creed still looking for that elusive first Xfinity victory. Um, some guys that you definitely wouldn't see in the top 10 or top 15 or 20, for that matter, just by lasting uh, till the end of uh, 
was what this race was about. I mean, you can't you you can't take anything away from the guys who just basically ran tailback and tried to stay out of everything because when you see how many cars half the field was destroyed, Josh in the end that was probably the right strategy and will be the same strategy, I would think, for uh, the men and women who drive in the trucks and Xfinity. And to be fair, I think in the Cup Series, it did work too, to a point. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think running in the back, I mean, it probably won't win you the race, right? But, you know, if you want to get out of there and survive with a a clean car and um, just net a, you know, potential top 10 or top 15 finish, I mean, go right ahead. you know that's that's how it's a it's a respectable strategy for you know those who um don't want to engage in in uh the, the you know racing at talladega so um can't can't really fault them for doing that especially it works out for maybe some of the underfunded teams who can't afford to junk a car right so um that's that's how that's how it goes sometimes but um yeah i mean this race um i think was probably just as aggressive, if not more aggressive than, uh, the, uh, you know, more than the cup or the cup race, in my opinion. Um, I think obviously the cup race went, um, back and, you know, didn't do anything until the end. I write, but this one, uh, you know, there was a lot of stuff that happened throughout the race. And I mean, you saw, especially like, you know, towards the end of the stages, I mean, like I said, in the cup race, but especially in this race, like you could tell people were making moves. Um, and it was more aggressive than the cup race, I think, cause the cup race, you know, it was just two lines shifting back and forth mostly, but this one guys were, um, going, changing lanes, like, you know, going, you know, going, you know, to the whichever one was had the best run, you know, taking whichever run uh, that they could get. Uh, you know, you saw Josh Berry making moves uh, throughout. Uh, you know, the end of uh, stage two there, Jeb Burton made a lot of aggressive moves. Um, you know, especially uh, Austin Hill, who uh, of course his win streak uh, on Super Speedway Speedway Racing uh, ended at this race, and um, you know, he was aggressive uh, throughout. You know, his his time up there um in in the lead you know Chandler Smith had some moments um Ryan Sieg was up there you know so there's a lot of guys that uh were up there fighting for the lead Ryan Truex led laps as well so um yeah there's definitely um a lot of moves that you know ha- that happened in this race um of course uh, a lot of accidents as well that happened in this race and you saw Blaine Perkins get upside down um you know, and, and, um, the car, you know, fell apart, obviously, which is interesting because you saw a tire flying, you know, through the air, uh, Kaz Grala ran into it, um, as well. So that's, um, you know, something that we haven't really seen a tire just straight up fly away, um, in the middle of a flip, you know, it's supposed to be tethered on, I believe, you know, go back to 2003, Ryan Newman's, uh, accident in the Aaron's 499 there at the beginning of that one. A tire flying uh off the car or off of his car so um you know there may be something that they want to look at but otherwise the you know car did his job but of course the other part of that accident the 66 uh dexter stacy spinning out and hitting the um you know entrance the where the safety crews are kind of lined up on the other side so kind of hit where the wall kind of sticks out uh at the end right there on the back stretch so um, yeah, really tough impact there. Kind of, kind of similar in a way to you know Jeff Gordon's crash many years ago in Las Vegas, but of course, driver's uh, door impact there. So, um, we saw I think maybe another 
crash or two that had an impact like that. So, um, yeah, definitely is something to look out for, uh, for these guys next time. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, a pretty aggressive event, you know, where, you know, drivers, especially in this series, trying to, um, make a name for themselves. Um, you know, Hemrick, who seems like, you know, hasn't really had very many opportunities to win uh really in his career and um you know made a, a wrong move by blocking uh, and you know doing his best tony stewart there uh from 2012 and um taking himself out and going on his lid there so um yeah that's um you know how talladega is in the xfinity series and um definitely uh a lot of a lot of things that you know happened in this race and of course the junior motorsports cars you know they uh, performed, you know, they all got taken out in one accident towards the end. Uh, and then, um, you know, Sam Mayer, uh, was already in a crash as well. So, um, yeah, just, uh, uh, Brandon Jones was also in a crash as well. So yeah, just a lot that happened there and, you know, they didn't really, they didn't throw away the race like they did last time, but, um, still ended up with a bad result there. So yeah, I mean, just shows you, you know, how, especially in this series, how Talladega can be a, um, you know, a dumpster fire in terms of burning away money. Um, obviously, you know, they uh, burn burn away a lot of money by competing in this event, um, you know, yard sailing the field, like you said earlier, and just um, a, lot of, a lot of crashes that, you know, cost these teams and these owners a, a lot of money and everything. So, um, yeah, of course, Parker Retzlaff algorithm pick. He uh, had a lot of damage as well and managed to come back and finish in seventh, uh, taking advantage of some of the wrecks that happened there towards the end to kind of pick up uh, some positions uh, via kind of the attrition of the race. Cole Custer was up there as well. You know, thought maybe Parker Clearman or Sheldon Creed could have challenged Jeb Burton there, but they really couldn't stay hooked up together, and Jeb Burton just had enough momentum to stay in front of them uh, throughout, you know, the entirety of that last lap so yeah i mean this uh typical you know again typical talladega racing um but you know this one definitely had its wildest moment just like uh, in the cup series uh the next day so um yeah typical talladega xfinity racing for sure yeah and it's kind of a combination of you know lack of experience or lack of judgment but you know they race six races a year at these type of tracks and this is what brings these people out to go and watch you want to go and see lots of destruction so i guess they got what they wanted um tony famously had a nice little uh press presser in the garage area talking about how they needed to keep on wrecking and i think the ideas he had in that particular rant years ago probably would still work today and might be better than what they have as a current product. So we'll see about that. But we'll change gears here, actually, um, on the day where we're able to renew fantasy football teams or fantasy football league. Uh, I was able to bring back the Fall Brawl League for yet another year. So we're looking forward to that. Josh, of course, will be back trying to get a championship has been in the mix every single year you've been in the league. And for me, the elusive, uh, the long wait to get uh, number six has been, uh, it's getting to be pretty, uh, pretty bad for me. I'm, I have been waiting a long time and I want to go and get another championship 
in my league. So hopefully one of these days that'll happen. But um, with with guys like Josh, who are really tough competitors, it makes it even harder to win. So got to give the guys credit. Of course, uh, Wilson, the defending uh, champion, uh, now I think a three-time winner of the league. Um, so we have that going on. And then um, all-time, yes, Wilson's a three-time winner of the league. Um, Joe's a two-time winner. Vic's a two-time winner. Um, and I'm, I've am i won five. I've been, I've been on the drive for six for a long time. I've finished, since I won my last championship, I've finished second three times, which is really depressing. But considering the last three years before that, I finished fifth, I guess I should take finishing second. Uh, we'll see what happens with the league and how, who else will be in it, uh, for sure. As we go along, we'll update you here on the GSP, but Josh, uh, you got things to look at for the NFL draft this coming week on Thursday, you do have a first round draft pick. So that'll be something, uh, to look at what they're going to be, what the Jags are thinking and what the Jags are going to do. Uh, what are you looking at or what are you feeling as it stands uh, with Jacksonville since they're going to be, I'm just scrolling through here. I'm and we're 24th. Yeah. yeah. Number 24 overall. I mean, you're, you have, it's kind of a open, you kind of have an opportunity to take best available players since you have a lot of young uh, talent at, on both sides of the ball, I think your best draft pick is really getting Calvin Ridley back because he's a number one wide receiver in this league. One of the best wide receivers prior to his suspension. Now he's had a year off um, and he's going to be rested and he gets to play with one of the best young quarterbacks in the game. I think that would be better than any other draft pick you make this year. But picking at 24, what are you looking at or what do you feel like are needs to be addressed by your Jaguars to continue um, domination in the AFC South? Well, I mean, this draft is going to be really important, um, one, because um, it's the follow-up to their playoff run this past season, um, two, the previous times they made the playoffs, 2017, 2007, uh, they followed those up with um, some, I'm not, yeah, either a bad draft or okay draft where they failed to improve uh, accordingly, uh, according to their needs, and uh, so this one is important for them to be able to build upon uh, what they did this past season. And obviously, free agency, yeah, they added Calvin Ridley, which is a huge, huge get there on offense. But, you know, defensively and, you know, some other pieces on offense, of course, offensive line, defensive line, uh, lost uh, uh, talent in Arden Key and uh, Jawan Taylor. So um, those are two you know, important players that they had on the roster last year that are not here anymore, and they're going to have to either look to the, replace them or, um, you know, promote from uh, within there. So, um, you know, from that perspective, uh, it's pretty important to get a good draft, especially free agency. Um, you know, they weren't really able to make any significant moves uh, on that end. Uh, so for for that, I mean, defensively, uh, I think probably the biggest need that they have is either defensive end or cornerback. And probably I think 
cornerback in the first round, at least probably where they're going to go. Uh, if you look at the talent at 24, I think uh, defensive back probably makes the most sense. Um, there's talk of uh, Brian Branch, uh, defensive back from Alabama, Keely Ringo, one of the cornerbacks from Georgia, uh, which might pair well with a teammate co- from college uh, at Georgia, Tyson Campbell, who's now on the Jaguars. Uh, so that's going to be something to look at. Of course, you know they um, got rid of uh, uh, they get rid of um, what's his name from who used to be on the Seahawks, and his twin brother has the hand thing. Uh, uh, there, um uh griffin yeah shaq griffin sorry yeah yeah Yeah, so shaq griffin and of course i forgot about him completely because he was forgettable uh this past season uh on the jaguars obviously only playing like one or two games uh, at the beginning of the season then being out for the rest of the year now i remember from a back injury uh of course but uh obviously he's been released uh they have darius williams on the rosters um you know in his 30s so he's kind of getting old there and fits well on the outside, but they need somebody on the inside uh, who can do well or, um, you know, perform, you know, on the outside just as well. So they need cornerback. And that was obviously a, um, you know, look at some of their um, breakdowns that they had, uh, you know, in the um, games that they had the six game, five game winning streak that they, that they, uh, that they had, you know, cornerback was very leaky uh, in some of those games so uh, on the outside because it was easy to target because obviously one side was locked down the other side was pretty open for the quarterback so yeah, i think corner is the uh, way to go uh first round and then potentially uh defensive line or offensive line in the uh, third round and uh, second round of course uh tight end is also could be a need there uh evan ingram of course on the franchise tag but he's yet to sign it so um there's you know, obviously could go there as well, um, which uh, they need at least need depth because, um, you know, behind Evan Ingram, there isn't much. But of course, if he's not uh, signing his tender and they end up not coming to a deal, then that's going to leave a major hole uh, on the roster as far as tight end goes. And so hopefully, you know, they're able to uh, sign him to a longer term deal rather than just uh, uh, playing on the franchise tag there. So uh, we'll see how this goes. You know, of course, it's going to be a um, important draft for Trent Baalke as well. Of course, uh, you know him from your fandom in San Francisco and hasn't been the best of drafters. And of course, um, got pretty fortunate the past two drafts uh, for uh, for Jacksonville's uh, you know draft. But uh, of course, uh, this, this draft up here upcoming, very important to uh, get right and add the necessary pieces to, to potentially go on a deeper playoff run or a potential Super Bowl run for Jacksonville. So we'll see if that's in the cards uh, this year. So uh, that'll be looking out for me for what I'm looking for on the Jags side. Um, as a Gators fan, uh, you know, being an alumni of University of Florida, you know, really looking at where Anthony Richardson is going to go. Obviously, he's been a lot of talk of which team would pick him up in the draft. Um, and you know where his potential fit would be, and you know if uh, he's even viable long term as a, a quarterback in the NFL with um, you know his playing style and his athleticism, and um, not really sure yet you know where where he would go. Um, probably to a team that can afford to draft him uh, and allow him to kind of grow uh, into his uh, position, um, you know, as a you know, dual threat quarterback who, you know, has a lot of potential, but also, um, has been, um, you know, wildly, uh, 
inconsistent, you know, going from really bad stat lines, you know, completing only a handful of passes uh, and a bunch of incompletions to, you know, then other games where he looks like a legitimate NFL talent uh, on the field. So that's uh, going to be where I'm looking at, you know, as far as my team and, you know, my, my school. So uh, definitely be looking out for that on the draft course Thursday night. Um, Jags are not picking first, which, you know, kind of a good thing. Kind of glad that they're not picking first again because obviously it means the previous season was uh, very successful, which it was. So a um, bit of different feeling picking in the mid round, but, you know, at least, uh, you know, won't have to be worried, so worried to turn it on at eight o'clock or whenever it turns on to uh, tune into the Jags pick and can just kind of chill and until probably about, I'm going to predict probably 9.30 or 10 p.m. is when they'll have their pick in uh, at at 24 so just have to you know tune in a little bit later for whenever they pick and we'll see maybe if they'll make any trades back or trades up we'll see but uh should be interesting on thursday night uh, especially with uh some of these quarterbacks that are coming out and everything and especially with um all the available talent that's in this draft yeah one of the teams that you probably would want to tune in early for is the indianapolis colts Chris Ballard having with one of the greatest press conferences in recent memory uh, with how honest he was with this whole draft process. And um, they're in in the market for a quarterback. It sounds like the Houston Texans are not going to take a quarterback at two overall as of Monday, the 24th. We'll talk about it on May 1st, Monday, May 1st, after I'm done with my pro-am with the pros at the PBA Players Championship at Carolier. So I'll be kind of hyped up about that. And we'll see if Houston actually was putting up a smoke screen this whole entire time and decide to go get the quarterback or if they're going to go and try to find the um, powerhouse defensive end for D'Amico Ryans, the new head coach, a la trying to follow in the footsteps of getting Nick Bosa uh, when he was a part of the 49ers, uh, the coaching staff with uh, Mr. Clean as the defensive coordinator. Um, so we'll see if they do that with Will Anderson or um, that Texas Tech uh, guy, Tyree Wilson. The 49ers don't pick until pick 99, so they won't be picking until in the middle of Friday night unless some things change. A lot of things, depth positions to to go and make sure they solidify offensive line, defensive line. Well, you say, how the heck can you go and why do you need to go and do that? Well, it's the 49ers. Um, you always want to give yourself extra depth um, on the interior, and that's where they built this team. They need to just keep on building. Some of these guys, you see how many guys left in free agency. So getting these depth players, they could go and step in year two, and maybe make a, a some uh, contributions through special teams and other areas in year one. Offensive line, though, I think is a big one, being the right side of the offensive line, especially uh, McGlinchey leaving for a ridiculous contract, which I think is a net positive anyways because he sucks um, at pass protection. Uh Excuse me. So I think they're going to have some adjustments there on the right side. You also have to look at the center position. And at some point, you're going to have to replace Trent Williams. So 
who is the best offensive lineman in the game and one of the best offensive linemen ever. But so that's something to look at. Cornerback secondary has been a point of contention for many years with the 49ers. So they'll emphasize that area. You'll probably see them go and look at line linebacker. They do have great linebacker duo in Warner and um, why am I spazzing out now? Um, Greenlaw, Warner and Greenlaw, but then they have other that you need to add to that. Um, offense, trying to find tight ends, fullbacks, you know, George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk, if something, you know, God forbid something goes down, they need to have depth to replace those those key players. Um, you're I'm pretty certain that it's Kyle Shanahan, so he'll go and draft yet another running back because that's just what the Shanahan family does. They just draft running backs in the late rounds. Now, quarterback is more or less set, um, even though we don't really know who's going to be starting. Now, a wide receiver might be in play because they're going to have to make a big decision in regards to um, Brandon Ayuk and giving him a contract and then paying Debo what they're paying him, uh, amongst others. So we'll see what they do. The Niners do have draft capital in days two and three uh, to go make some uh, moves and and get some good players that could help in what they're hoping to be a run to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas uh, this coming February or next February. It was going through the draft stuff over here. Um, just out of curiosity on NFL Network. But we'll uh, definitely give you an update next week on the Grip Strip podcast to see how our teams did after the NFL, the annual NFL selection meeting. Uh, the roundup, we're going to go and try something new here for the sake of uh, interest in keeping the show tighter. Um Sebastian Oje, yeah. So he's Sebastian Oje is still um, in the lead of the points, but he is tied now with the winner of Rally Croatia. Efren Evans, the Toyota driver, gets the victory. It's a tarmac rally, so a big deal for him to go and get that. Um, Efren Evans goes and ties up the uh, point standings. He leads or he wins the rally by 27 seconds over Ot Tanak and 58 second 58.6 over Esapekalapi. So all three manufacturers were uh, represented in the top three. Sebastian Oje finished fifth behind defending world champion Cali Rovampera. Toyotas made up for the top six places. Uh, the Ford of Pierre Louis Loubet finished seventh issues for some of the other cars in the rally one category go and scroll down they didn't some of them that did not finish so their next race will be rally portugal in um, the second week of may the next race we'll go and look at is the is the formula e berlin e prix and that was uh saw some different names different people Getting up there in the front. Let me go and bring this up because I've got too many tabs open. That might help. I'll bring that up over here. All right. So the uh, winner, there's the race calendar. Let's go back. Berlin, the results on the Saturday round 
of the Berlin E-Pre sees Mitch Evans get the win over his teammate Sam Bird, Jaguar 1-2, and the Maserati of Maximilian Gunther finished third. Uh, Sebastian Buemi started on pole, uh, finished fourth with in front of his teammate Nick Cassidy. Uh, points leader Pascal Verline came from 15th to finish sixth. And then you got Andre Lauderer got the fastest lap, his Porsche teammate who finished eighth. In round eight, saw Nick Cassidy get the victory over Jake Dennis and Jean-Eric Verne. Uh, Mitch Evans, Antonio Felix da Costa round out the top five. Maximilian Gunther got the fastest lap in the race. Verline seventh. Uh, the pole sitter was Robin Frines for Apt Cupra, which is a big deal for them the way their season has been. But uh, nothing to show for it. Finishing in 17th place. We'll get into the standings uh, briefly. Verline leads now by four points over Nick Cassidy. Vern is 19 points back. Jake Dennis, 20 points back. Um, Evans is 20 points behind Nick Cassidy. So the battle now for the champion world championship is getting a little closer. It's a two horse race right now, but there are, it's tightening up a bit. So that's good news for the series as they move to their, their Monaco. Yeah, it is Monaco here in a couple of weeks time. Uh, before they take another break. The World Superbikes were at Assen this past weekend, one of the great motorcycle circuits in the world. Uh, so Bat- Alvaro Bautista goes and gets uh, both wins on the Sunday race, both the Super Pole race and race two. In the Super Pole race, he wins over Johnny Ray and Toprak Raskat Lioku, Garrett Gerloff, was buried in 17th in the qualifying race, then in or Super Bowl race, and then in the uh, race two itself, Garrett Gerloff finished 12th um, on his BMW. Uh, Bautista Rascaglioku and Andrea Locatelli were the top three. Um, going through just to check, the Johnny Ray was not classified, so unfortunate. Uh, big loss of points there for him. Uh, Michael Vandermark uh, broke uh, his leg, so that's uh, in the second race, so that's pretty bad. Unfortunate for the teammate of, uh, of uh, uh, I don't know if he's with Loris Baz's teammate. I think he is Loris Baz's teammate. Or no, he's the teammate of Scott Redding, and Loris Baz is the teammate of Garrett Gerloff. In race one, uh, just to go back, uh, Bautista gets another, got the victory on Saturday over Johnny Ray and Tobrak Raskadlioku. Garrett Gerloff finishing 12th again. Um, didn't have a great time qualifying in general. The points as we go on right now, Alvaro Bautista is, uh, what is it, fifth, uh, six, four, six. 56 points ahead of Toprak Raskaglioku and 70 over Locatelli. Axel Bassani is in fourth and Johnny Ray is over 100 points behind in fifth. A big gap that he's going to have to close now. Um, just three rounds into the championship. So that's brutal. Uh, Garrett Gerloff is in 15th in points. Uh, seven points behind Philip Odell. 
Otilly, whatever, and Iker Lackawona, ten he's ten points behind him. Pretty close um to where he could go and make up a few spots if he can have a decent round uh and maybe get back into the top ten. And we'll look at that as we go along. Their next race will be um in a couple of weeks time at Barcelona. So that'll be um their Situation can Alvaro Bautista continue the domination um, in his quest to repeat as world superbike champion? We will see. Six hours of spa for the world endurance championship. One piece that'll, one difference that will be going on there um, in the world endurance championship this coming weekend is we're going to see a, a second Cadillac in the, in the race. So, both uh, Cadillacs from Ganassi Racing will be racing in the six hours of Spa as a, uh, I guess, a pre uh, pre preview of what they'll be doing at the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Points leaders, of course, the Toyota of Buemi, Hartley, and Hirakawa, uh, Luban and Philip Hansen in LMP2, and then Ben Keating, Nikki Kasberg, and Verone in um, LMGTM. Northwest AMR uh, harder racing, yeah, because Paul Dallalana uh, retired from racing uh, yesterday or a couple days ago. Um, interesting uh, to see and hear, but um, oh, look at that paint scheme! That's pretty badass for Peugeot. Uh, maybe it'll make a cargo last longer. Um, I'm gonna get into the total energy six hours of Spa. The f- Final race prior to the 24 Hours of Le Mans. The participants, as I mentioned, the two which has been in the series so far, number three, which will be uh, Sebastian Bourdais, Renger Van de Zanda, the two drivers in IMSA, and Jack Aiken will be joining them in the number three car. And then you have all the other Porsches, the Toyotas, then we'll get in the LMP2s, uh, the Basically the same field as we've seen so far, United Autosport leading in the number 22 car. Uh, there will be a difference, as I mentioned, with Paul Dallalana um, uh, retiring. There will be a, a different uh, Aston Martin. Also forgot uh, that the hypercar Hertz Team Jota will be running their Porsche 963 for the first time with Antonio Felix Costa, Will Stevens, and Ye Yefe. So that'll be interesting. Their first run with the um, 963, which here over the last few weeks has started to find some success. Uh, one at at Long Beach in, um, in the IMSA category, in the IMSA series. And then trying to go through... There's a two Peugeots, a Protons. The Northwest AMR team is going to be the harder racing with Ian James, Mancinelli, and Alex Riberos. And then you have the Glickenhaus hypercar, et cetera, et cetera. We'll go over that and see who um, makes it through. Uh, the six hours probably will be another Toyota win, but stranger things have happened. Maybe Ferrari can show up. They had a good run at the last race. MotoGP will be at Hareth, MotoGP Moto2. The points, the points uh, as of right now, uh, leading into the race, leading into this next race, 
Um, Riders Championship after the race. There you go. Marco Bisecchi leads uh, by 11 over Pekka Bagnaya. Alex Rins, after winning the U.S. Grand Prix, uh, is 17 points behind in third. Uh, Maverick Vinales, Nor- Johan Zarco, your top five. Uh, and then in Moto2, uh, Tony Arbolino leads by seven over Pedro Acosta, 20 over Aaron Kinnett, Philippe Salek, and Alonzo Lopez round out the top five in that category. We'll get into NHRA four wide nationals, just kind of hit the points. Um, Matt Hagen, of course, uh, leading the funny car points. Has had a great start to the season. Um, Antron Brown won at Vegas in four wide uh, few weeks a couple weeks ago i mentioned matt hagan winning force wilkerson chad green made that final dallas glenn continues to show his uh strength this year point standings in top field steve torrance actually leading the points by 13 over justin ashley 36 over Brittany forrest 49 in a tie with antron brown and mike salinas that's the top field standings in funny car Matt Hagen leads by 105 points over defending champion Ron Caps, Lexus DeJoria, Chad Green, and Robert Height. Uh, the top round out the top five. In pro stock, Dallas Glenn leads by 51 points over uh, Troy Coughlin Jr. Matt Harford is in third. Camry Caruso fourth. And Aaron Stanfield rounding out the top five. Uh, currently, Eric Enders defending champion is 12th. Multi-time champion, 12th. So interesting to see that. Uh, With this four-wide national event at Charlotte, you'll see the Pro Stock Motorcycles back. Pro Mods will also be there. And Factory Stock and Top Alcohol Dragster. So Tony Stewart will be looking to repeat in four-wide by winning both of them here in the span of a couple of weeks. We'll see if he can do that in Top Alcohol Dragster. Full, full, uh, uh, amount of uh, classes going on there at Charlotte Z-Max Dragway prior to taking a few weeks off prior to the Route 66 HRA Nationals uh, just uh, the middle of May. The supercars will be at Wanneroo. Uh, talking about supercars, Shane Van Gisbergen is looking at NASCAR, of course, because why wouldn't he with all the road courses that they have in uh the cup series it probably makes a lot of sense trying to go and see what some of the is that for real oh toyota forklifts on a chevy okay that's something care oh oh mark winterbottom will run number 600 this weekend at uh at perth uh the perth super sprint and uh number 600 on a chevy camaro svg wanneroo uh, yeah and then we'll see what's going on with that the championship points leading into this weekend's event. Brody Kostecki leading by 32 points over Chaz Moster, Van Gisbergen in third, 86 points back. Andre Heimgardner and Will Brown round out the top five. Both Coca-Cola Racing Chevys are in the top five. Cam Waters, Feeney, Reynolds, LeBrock, Fullwood, um, DJR, uh, Dick Johnson Racing, Shell V Power Racing, trying to recover after a slow start to their season. Indy next will be at Barber. Uh, trying to see if there really is anything uh, information in regards to that. The points 
the results uh, coming off of the race at St. Pete. That was was Daniel Frost was the winner over Nolan Siegel and Jacob Abel. And so that was the only race so far this year. So there you go. Uh, the standings are as such. So Rasmussen, Hunter, McElray, fifth. Ernie Francis, you got some of these other people. Rasmus Lynn finished ninth. Kiffin Simpson, tenth. Jamie Chadwick in 13th, coming from W Series. 19 cars. Jagger Jones got involved in a crash with Enam Ahmed. So that'll be something to see. Can Jagger Jones recover this coming weekend at Barber? Trying to go and see the schedule. And go over here, see if they have anything. They haven't put up the spotter detail yet. So previous winners at Barber. Linus Lundquist, the defending champion of the series, uh, won twice in the last three races they run there. David Malukas, IndyCar driver. Prior to that, they hadn't run there since 2018, and a certain guy named Pato Award swept in 2018 and 2017. Uh, some kid named Colton Herta, might have heard of him, uh, won. So amongst recent winners at the uh, Barber Motorsports Park, and then Formula Two will be at Baku, of course. They um, no Formula Three, Formula Two will be at Baku with, uh, and then they'll be running a sprint race along with Formula One. So both series will be running sprints. Fourth round of the calendar for them of their season. Awasa Awomu Awasa leading the points by eight over Teo Pocher, Frederick Vesti. Ralph Boshong and Artur Leclerc round out the top five. Jahan Daruvala, Alger Maloney, Kushmini, and Richard Vashor. There's only a separation of eight points between fourth through tenth and nine to eleventh. So a lot of uh, possibilities of uh, points or position swapping here with being in the tight confines of Baku this coming weekend. Speaking of that, let's get into the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Uh, there will be a, uh, as I mentioned, a sprint. There will be um, other. There will be other. Uh, there you'll see some upgrades. The first real upgrades this season will be on the cars. But I have a hard time believing that much will change in regards to the results. It's a racetrack that uh, Fish Lips has done pretty well at over the over the years. So I don't really think that that's going to change. Uh, trying to see Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Let me go over here and do that. Formula One, Azerbaijan. Uh, try to go through that. They've raced there for, they've raced there six times. Um, Red Bull and Mercedes are equal uh, with three wins apiece. So interesting. Uh, active drivers right now, the best average finish. I mean, they say Vettel's active. He's not. Um, Sergio Perez actually has the best a- average finish um, at fifth. Um, Lewis Hamilton's just behind him. Lando Norris, Valtteri Bottas, and Charles Leclerc. Um, uh, Lewis Hamilton has five top fives and six starts at Baku. And uh, the next closest person is Sergio Perez with four. They both have five top tens there at uh, the street circuit max for stop in um average start of 4.8 average finish of 10.8 coming off of winning last year 
uh, two top fives, three top tens, and six starts at that circuit. But I figure he's going to uh, win again, and I think I'm just going to keep on picking him, even though Mercedes is going to come with the upgrades, and you'd figure Aston Martin probably did some um, massaging and to their car, trying to keep it, get it in, and keep it in play. Ferrari trying to figure out what they have done wrong and maybe correct that. So we'll see what goes on with that. I figure uh, Verstappen wins. I would say that um, I do feel like a Mercedes will finish on the podium. I'll say Lewis finishes second and Fernando Alonso finishes third. Those are my choices for uh, Baku. Uh, How about you, Josh? Well, I mean, you said, you know, Max Verstappen has been pretty successful at, you know, at the circuit, but, you know, on the other hand, he's only had one victory here uh, at this, you know, race. And I mean, he's had a couple of incidents that played out, um, wrongly for him you know go back to 2018 when he and uh dan ricardo got into it um going into the first turn at this at this um you know 2021 when he had the lead and had a blowout on 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 the leading the race and lost uh because of that and it was you know pretty high speed accident and everything so of course last year won and maybe we should probably lean more on that history from last year because of this you know new race car but you know i feel like this circuit in general um really just brings out the volatility i guess um you know because of how tight the corners are at baku in some areas and because of just how long the racetrack is um you know on the main straight and and you know whatnot so um a lot can happen in this race is really what i'm trying to say and um i think you know, I just think that maybe there's a chance that Verstappen doesn't win this race, but I'm still going to go Red Bull here, and I'm going to say that Sergio Perez picks up his second victory uh, at the uh, Baku City Circuit here. So I'm going to go, yeah, a little bit different, just because why not? You know, I'm going to say that you know this things are going to be crazy here, and that maybe Verstappen actually doesn't win uh, here this weekend but uh podium wise you know i'll i'll say that um alonso gets the second and then verstappen i'll say third so we'll go a little bit different here some just just to you know go with it but um yeah i mean it's gonna be interesting you know with um ver uh with uh the upgrades you know obviously you mentioned um alpine i mean they've been three races they've had a really good start to the season um mercedes that i mean they've had some upgrades but you know is it enough for them to really be a a true threat you know um to finish or even challenge red bull and surprisingly um the uh you know alonso and um al you know or not alpine but um i say alpine i confusing himself with last year but uh you know with um with uh aston martin aston martin yeah i'm so sorry you know i'm looking at the the chassis and they all like you know you have alpine aston martin and mclaren and um williams and and i don't know but no that's fine yeah aston martin of course uh who alonso i mean surprisingly they've been doing well this so far this year and mercedes just don't know if they have enough uh to compete you know consistently with them and obviously ferrari they're not expecting their uh 
upgrades until Miami, so a couple of weeks away. So um, not sure how competitive they can be here this weekend. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens at uh, this track. And, of course, you, know, you got some guys in the back. Could McLaren got their uh, first victory this past weekend at Talladega with Kyle Busch. Oh, wait, wrong McLaren. Uh, but, of course, um, they uh, have an interesting opportunity here with uh, Lando and um, Oscar Piastri. They could you know, get a potential uh, points finish here uh, this weekend. Um, you know, could Williams, you know, can they uh, get, you know, steal a good points finish or something could happen uh, like that. But, yeah, it this is a, you know, looking at the results from previous years, you know, you've seen, we've seen things happen. You know, you've seen Lewis Hamilton have the lead, you know, off of a uh, coming to a final lap restart, one lap shootout and spin out into turn one. So um, even the best uh, have their mistakes here at this uh, Azerbaijan Grand Prix. So, uh, you know, it could, it could be interesting and, yeah, looking forward to, you know, seeing how it plays out. Definitely a lot of opportunity for carnage, for red flags, for things that can alter strategies, a lot of speed, but then there's a lot of uh, tight con- confines as well that make up this Baku City circuit. So. Not really. I mean, I give you credit for going with Checo. He is considered these days a street course master, so it may not be out of the. It's not out of the realm of possibility. He, he did benefit from uh, fish lips blowing out his right rear tire a couple of years ago. Um, so it it probably isn't uh, as crazy as some. You know, making some other picks we probably could have done. So. Um, I will see what happens. Would you say that Red Bull will be uh, in the in play to win? And in your case, having both of them on the podium, so we'll see if uh, you're right or if going chalk like I am doing here with fish lips actually comes through. You'll get uh, first dibs. I'll let you have first dibs on both uh, Cup and Xfinity here. We'll start with Xfinity, the A game two hundred at uh, Dover this coming Saturday. Uh, Just change here, going to the 40 cars for 38 spots. So two cars will go home. Uh, Things that are different, Weatherman will be uh, driving in the O2 uh, because Perkins is probably still beat up. Uh, Stefan Parsons will be in the O7, trying to, you know, what do you call it? Derek Krauss stays in the 10. Um, some sponsored adjustments. Uh, TMC will be on the 18 versus Sammy Smith. Uh, what is it? Ollie's bargain outlet, it looks like, will be on the 07. Degree for Justin Allgaier. Jarrett Logistics for Josh Berry. Truex, Ryan Truex, who has come close to winning at Dover in a Gibbs car, has another opportunity. John Hunter. Acme and Safeway. Uh, Corey Heim will be in the 24 for Sam Hunt. Um, Paz Grawl will be running the Island Coastal Lager Toyota. Uh, same sponsors for both Burton and Retzlaff. Uh, trying to see if they can make it two in a row somehow, some way. Um, Brian C. running the A-game sponsorship. That's one of their sponsors. Um, Rajak Ruth making another start in the number 45 for Alpha Prime. And... Um, Let's see, Timmy Hill trying to make the race in the 66. Dawson Cram 
former guest on the show back in the 74 for um, Mike Harmon, uh, Alfredo, got Chad Chastain driving the Drive Sober Arrive Alive Delaware number 91 and trying to see who else. And actually Carson Hosevar. Wow. Carson Hosevar with Bono Mannion as a crew chief, Aspire Motorsports number 77. Interesting uh, addition to the um, grid here. Possible, uh, probably going to have a decent vehicle. Hosevar is one of the more controversial figures in the truck series uh, coming off of a win at Texas uh, a few weeks ago trying to make uh, Xfinity debut at uh, Dover, have to qualify on speed, of course. So if rain or any type of issues come up, which in the Northeast, as long as there's a race in the NASCAR race, it always seems to have a problem. Uh, But, you know, it's no different than any other number of places with NASCAR these days. So, uh, Josh, uh, keep it, uh, I'll open it up to you for your picks for the Dover Xfinity uh, race. Well, um, you know, I'm looking at the, you know, history of this track and uh, everything. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go with uh, Justin Algar uh, winning this weekend. You know, Junior Motorsports, they haven't won yet this year. Um, they probably should have at some point, but they just haven't had the uh, fortune of winning. And you know, Justin Algar, he's won here at this track uh, before. And, you know, he's had a lot of experience in this uh, series. So I'm going to go with uh, him winning uh, this weekend. Uh, of course, um, you know, hard, hard to go, you know, against, um, you know, one of the veterans in this, uh, series, uh, you know, who's been, been up there, of course, it's been a, you know, interesting, uh, you know, start to the season, you know, John Hunter, Nemechek will probably be up there. Sammy Smith also, and Chandler Smith also will be up there, I think. So, um, but I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, Algar, you know, lead, lead the charge for, um, junior motor sports course, wearing the, uh, Mom and Pop still junior shirt as well, so why not influence their um, uh, for wild card? Go with um, you know, you know. I'm gonna go wild card here with uh, you know. It's tough, tough to pick, but you know, I'll go with uh, Raja Karuth here this weekend. Um, see, see how he does here in the uh, Dover, which is a pretty rough racetrack. Uh, very you know high speed. Uh, I'm gonna go with him wild card. I like what he's done so far this year uh in trucks he's performed fairly fairly solid you know so far to start the year so you know i'll go with uh roger kruth uh, who of course is a sim guy so i'm sure he's probably getting a lot of practice uh th- this week leading up into it in the xfinity car on iRacing. and he also has experience there in the arca series arca east the whole bit so he does have laps there uh been making progress in recent weeks as you said in the truck as well so the alpha prime team usually does as much as they can at least with the 45 to put it up front or put it in a position to contend so the those are good picks i'm gonna pick josh berry not trying to be a homer as a fan pick it's he's run two races at dover and he's won one uh and considering who else is in the field, I mean, there's only one other driver that's in the field. That's Cole Custer, who has won at Dover in an Xfinity car. So, uh, Algar, yeah. So, I mean, I think Josh Berry, 
gets the win. So both of us are hedging that Junior Motorsports will finally get a win this year. Um, I think that'll be the first of many, though, for them. In terms of a wild card selection, uh, I mean, this could be a stretch considering the, uh, I guess, what you want to go and call. Uh, They don't have the points up. Look at that. That is lovely. Um, They don't have it there either. That's even better. Uh, Go back there. Yeah, no. Good job, Jayski, not having that. So now I'm going to go to Xfinity, go to here, detailed driver standings. And we will um, go through, I'm trying to see if, uh, where's his name, where is he, where is he, where is he? Ryan Truex is actually, yeah, 21st in points. <laughs> he's he's only run four races and he's 21st in points. He's ahead of one, two, three, four, five drivers who've run every race. And Josh Williams, Gray Galding, and Blaine Perkins who had run Eight of the nine races, of course, now Blaine Perkins is going to miss this race. So that's uh, pretty interesting there, trying to get through that. 20, 23, 24, 25. So Jeb Burton doesn't count as a wild card because he won last week. But to be fair, it's the, he is a wild card at most other racetracks. I, I'm going to go for it anyways because he is a part-timer. Ryan Truex is my wild card pick. It's a family, one of the Truex family's 86 home tracks. Um, it yeah. legitimately is. It's his actual home track. track. It is their actual home track. That's the closest one to me out of New Jersey. Uh, he's won there in, a, in an East car years ago on his way to East Championships. His brother won in 2012. Won. Exactly. Uh, he should have won. That's at least one. I uh, That's the one I can harken back to, but I think there might I feel like there might have been another one, but definitely 2012, he was driving for Gibbs, and he should have won that race. Uh, kind of like when Bubba was in the sixth car, and he got moved over by Chris Buescher uh, a few years after that. Uh, Truex in a Gibbs car at Dover. Uh, the Truex family has done really well there in general. I think it's an opportunity for them to go. It's an opportunity for him in limited starts uh, to go uh, get that elusive first victory in the Xfinity series. We'll move on to Cup, Josh. Uh, the, what is it, the Worth 400 at uh, Dover Speedway in whatever, Dover Motor Speedway, as they call it now, because it's an SMI track. And uh, they'll be running on Sunday afternoon. 36 cars for, of course, 40 spots, so no issues with failing to qualify, any of that. Trying to see here. Any major adjustments? Brennan Poole, I'm not sure if he's ever made a cup start, but it looks like if he hasn't, then he'll be making his cup series debut in the number 15 for Rick Ware while uh, J.J. Ailey runs the 51 car due to the probably indefinite suspension of, uh, uh, what do you call? uh, Cody Ware. uh, Cody Ware. Some of the sponsors and Cars we'll see, as I mentioned earlier, Daniel Suarez will be running a um, a car with Pitbull's new album, the Trackhouse album on there, in conjunction with Freeway Insurance. So that'll be a cool car to see there. Uh, I refuse to mention what's on Keebler Gibbs's car. Um, Icy Hot Pro will be on the 47 for O Richard. And if you hit the wall there, that's probably a good 
good thing to use. Um, Tyler Reddick will be running the Ronald McDonald House car and the regular, no, they don't have any sponsors at Legacy Motor Club, meaning the 43 will be in Allegiant Colors and Noah Gagson in the Sunseeker Resort. Uh, Brian Priest running Mohawk Northeast. Todd Gillen, Speedy Cash. Michael McDowell, A&W Root Beer. Mm. Uh, but, of course, that's a thing for Bob Jenkins owns those restaurants, uh, has a bunch of franchises. Uh, Raptor back on the 24 for Byron. McDonald's on the 23 for Bubba Wallace. Harrison Burton running the Dex Imaging Colors. Christopher Bell with Ream. Um, let's see, Wabash will be on the 12th. I would think that after last week, they probably would have had Worth on again since it's a sponsor's race. Uh, FedEx back on the 11 car. I say that since there was a while where he was running that medic, that that prescription pill. Uh, Lenovo will be on the 8 for Kyle Busch. Fraternal Order of Eagles on the 7 for Corey LaJoy. Wyndham Rewards for Brad Keselowski. Hunt Brothers Pizza and Realtree for Kevin Harvick. In his last start at Dover, which will be his 801st start of his career, um, get bioethanol on the three for Dylan, uh, Menard's great stuff for Sindrick, and Jockey for Ross Chastain. Now, um, at Dover, when you look at this, I mean, over the years, I mentioned, of course, Truex, but you look at some of these other guys, uh, Kyle Larson really does well at uh, Dover. Uh, Jace Elliott has won there multiple times. He needs that win, and there's 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 a lot of guys I would think would be in the mix at Dover here this weekend. But what say you in regards to the Cup Series race this uh, coming weekend, Josh? Yeah, I mean this race. I mean it's hard to predict Dover. Of course, uh, there isn't really uh, any track like it, you know, on the series right now. Maybe you could call it Bristol on steroids. Uh, a little bit, even though you know it's a little bit longer than Bristol, but nothing, nothing really like it. Um, you know, Hendrick has been you know very dominant the last couple of years. They won in twenty twenty one, and then last year Alex Bowman, Chase Elliott. Um, but you know, Bowman hasn't really been running up front so far this year, but he's just been you know able to kind of. Uh, knock off top tens and Elliot, obviously. Um, I mean, you know, he's only been back two races and I mean, you all did win last year, but I just don't see him winning this, this, uh, this race. So, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, William Byron, uh, winning here. I, you know, I think he, he can, um, win this race. Obviously, uh, he's been probably the better of the Hendrick cars. Kyle Larson's also been up there, but uh, I think I, go with uh william byron here he's just um this is a race where he, he can easily uh run up front and drive away from the field and that's kind of how it's been in his uh two wins that he's had uh so far to start the year so yeah i'll go with uh william byron as the winner uh wild card here uh in this event uh, you know we'll go with uh we'll go with you know noah gregson how about that we'll go wild card you know, after you know the race that he had last uh, this past weekend, of course, uh, pretty bad accident at Talladega and everything. But you know, could could lead into uh, something you know in this uh, you know race, and it's uh, been been an interesting year for uh, 
Legacy Motor Club and definitely could have better results uh, later on this year. So maybe maybe Noah Gregson can get something done here uh, at this racetrack this weekend. So we'll see we'll see what happens, but it should be interesting. You know, with concrete surface, the first time we're running on a surface like that this year, and definitely you know with a lot of the elevation changes that you get on a lap-to-lap basis at Dover should be a, a challenge, especially with, um, you know, with the next-gen car and the rear diffuser and, um, you know, surviving the bumps in the uh, concrete and mayhem that occurs at Dover. Solid picks there. Uh, going out there definitely on a wild card with, uh, with Gagson for sure. Uh, but, yeah, I would say that picking a Hendrick car is not a bad idea. I was compelled to pick Kyle Larson because he has, based on the last 10 races at uh, at Dover, he has the best average finish. Uh, his starting position is also ridiculous, just under fourth. 3.9 average start, 5.1 average finish in the last eight races, seven top tens in those last eight races. But I'm going to take a guy who's had nine top tens in the last 10 races at over his name is kevin harvick he gets his first win of his retirement tour here in his final what will be the first racetrack that he's going to for the final time officially uh i oh no coda was the first one i guess or california coda but uh because california doesn't exist anymore won't exist anymore here soon enough and coda uh he'll be going there of course as a broadcaster but not as a driver Kevin Harvick gets the victory at uh, Dover. It's his kind of racetrack. It's a place where you have to kind of save equipment, but you have to push at times, being able to handle the traffic, uh, et cetera, et cetera. My wild card selection, uh, it's uh, curious. I mean, do I go full? Do I go full? uh, uh, that's kind of it's that's intriguing actually there isn't it's kind of an option there uh you know what i go daniel suarez that isn't it's right on the edge he literally is on the second half of the full-time drivers there's 32 guys who've made uh, every race start so far this year he's 17th in points daniel suarez is my wild card pick uh he has uh Five top tens in ten his last ten starts there with one top five finish. Famously um, wrecked his now owner in an Xfinity race a few years ago. Uh, on his way to victory for Joe Gibbs Racing, he did wreck uh, Justin Marks, who was driving the forty-two for Ganassi at that time uh, during that race. So interesting how that all comes full circle if he goes and wins his first cup oval race by chance this coming weekend uh at uh dover motor speedway so yeah those are my uh harvick to win suarez wild card selection so that leaves us with the indy cars the indy car grand prix of alabama at baba motorsports park um the usual suspects 28 cars 27 cars will be running uh this weekend i should go and take that um we'll go over here then save myself the trouble get into yeah the standing the the indycar in over the years trying to get that over there so i'm gonna go and get that in there we'll also go and give you the point standings 
there's also the 100 Days to Indie uh, uh, documentary series that's coming out this week. So that'll be something to look at for sure. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully figure out some way to see it. Um, I won't be able to see it live, but I'll, or, or when they preview, when they debut it, but I'm hoping to see it and keep up with it as they run it out towards the Indianapolis 500. Marcus Erickson, uh, re, re retook the points lead after, uh, the last race at Long Beach, 15 points at a Pato award, Alex Pillow, third new garden, fourth. Kyle Kirkwood coming off of his first career victory is in fifth. Scott Dixon, Grosjean, Herda, Power, and McLaughlin round out the top ten. Um, as we got over here, yeah, so 27 drivers who have run all three or won the first three races of the season. So that's and not really surprising who the back three are, to be honest. Uh, but I'll go and start here. For uh, Barber, the um, the uh, Grand Prix of Alabama. I mean, Dixon's record at at Barber is insane. And twelve races there, twelve that's finishing top ten every time, ten top fives. But interestingly enough, he has never won there. Just like at uh, Saint Petersburg, never won there. You know, it wasn't like he had the most pace at Long Beach, and then he got run over by Pato Award. So he's probably going to be a little angry. Uh, might be the way for him to go and get a first victory uh, at uh, Barber Motorsports Park, set himself up over this next month to possibly go and get another victory that has been eluding him for a while, which is the Indianapolis 500, um, a second Indianapolis 500 uh, victory. So I'll pick Scott Dixon as the winner. And in terms of a wild card selection, trying to see here through some of these other guys that are around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to go through there. I have to go through the points. I have to actually go and see because if it's 27, I have to go after that. Huh. Do I go double? Do I do both? Do two Kiwis from the same team? That it kind of feels like I could do that. Um, I think, uh, because I would have probably went Lundgaard, but there's 27, so he's on the top half. Uh, man, I'm trying to see, uh, go curious really here. Pagano back in the day when he was driving for Penske was really good there. Um, and so was Elio Castro Neves. I doubt that that's going to be the case, uh, now, um, Reem Rehal would have been a good one too, but he's out of the realm too. Uh, shoot. You know what? I'm going to go. I'm not going to go I, with my original pick. Um, I'm going to go with Pato. <laughs> I, I was, I didn't announce who I was thinking. So um, I'm going to go with uh, Renus VK. Uh, Renus VK uh, is a good, good choice. He's run well uh, at Barber. Um, yes, the Ed Carpenter racing team is pretty terrible right now, but stranger things have happened. You can put a good qualifying uh, session together uh, right now. They're struggling. They're 22nd and 23rd in points. VK and Connor Daly are tied. Uh, they're tied with Simon Pagano, actually. Uh, 22nd through 24th, they're a point behind uh, 
root beer float head. So that was my, I mean, I probably went against my better judgment on that one, but I'm not here to make great picks. That's what Josh's job is since he seems to win when he gambles. So um, if you really want, I've already put the disclaimer out there. Don't make picks based on anything I tell you. Probably if you want to bet on it, listen to Josh's picks uh, more times than not. So with that, uh, you get to close the pick segment here for the IndyCar Grand Prix of Alabama, a race where um, Joseph Newgarden has been very has been dominant. Essentially, the second closest race to his home uh, prior to or was his home race prior to Nashville being included on the calendar. So he loves this racetrack. He's won there three times, uh, power twice. And then after that, you have a bunch of guys who've won there once. Um, what are you thinking this weekend for the race at Barber, Josh? Well, you said right there, I think Joseph Newgarden comes out, wins this uh, race this weekend. He's obviously had three wins here at this racetrack. Um, you know, he's done very, very well uh, in his career here in the IndyCar Series, competing at Barber Motorsports Park. So, you know, we'll go with Joseph Newgarden, you know, you're, pick there with Renus. Uh, I mean, it's not all far out there because, you know, Joseph Newgard did pick up his first uh, win uh, in the 2015 season or, well, at this racetrack, first career win, uh, winning at Barber, so, um, and his first career win ever, so, uh, winning there back when it was CFH racing, so, not all that far out there with Renus, so possibly could happen, but they haven't been running that well as of late. So we'll see if it actually happens. But uh wild card, you know, I'm gonna go with uh Graham Ray Hall. He's also ran pretty well. Uh I actually have to call because they, it has to be under fourteenth because there's oh. twenty seven full time guys. I I did qualify okay. that. Graham Ray Hall is a great pick if we where Graham Rahal and Christian Lundgaard would both be good choices, but because they're on the top half of the points based on the full-timers, um, unfortunately, they do not play into this, uh, in this case. Uh, good call. Good call there. Uh, well, I was gonna. I was also thinking about Lundgaard, too, but he's right on that line. So, yeah. <laughs> damn. Um, oh, and Rossi's in 15th, which... Um, well, that actually, he's in play, so... Yeah, he is in play, technically. Um, but you know what? I'm going to go with... Fine, I will go with uh, Felix Rosenquist, the other McLaren guy, right, who finished 7th at Long Beach, and, um, you know, he's he's been good at some road courses of, you know, course, um, you know, one uh, all the way back in 2020 uh, at Road at America... Road America. And, you know, had a good run a few years ago at uh, Mid-Ohio. So um, let's see if he can get, I you know, I feel like Barber is a very similar racetrack to, you know, those two, Mid-Ohio. It's probably more similar to Mid-Ohio than it is Road America, but, you know, it's still uh, out there and, you know, that uh, type of uh, technique. So uh, I'll go with uh, Felix Rosenquist this weekend as a wild card here uh, to, you know, compete in the um, – Grand Prix of Alabama. Yeah, I was I was curious as to where you're going to go once we had to deviate off of those two Ray Hall guys. Uh, you went with Rosenquist. I kind of thought you were going to go Rossi, but uh, one person that I 
my original wild card choice, and I put it in as a bonus pick, is Marcus Armstrong uh, driving the number 11 car, uh, the fourth Ganassi car, the former Formula 2 driver, has shown good pace so far in his starts, and the Kiwi, probably a guy who's in line possibly one day, I don't know, 25 years from now when Scott Dixon finally does retire, maybe to take over that car. Um, But Marcus Armstrong might be in play for the 10 car for all we know uh, next year because, uh, of course, uh, Alex Pillow is not going to be there. So Marcus Armstrong, somebody to look at, I think is a very good um, option uh, this weekend at Barber. Of course, you have to put qualifying together. It's very hard to pass at Barber. And if you can qualify well, you can kind of dictate how things go unless the untimely caution or the danger zone happens to you. We'll see how all those choices come off um, next week on the GSP. But until then, we'll uh, leave it up to, you know, the racing gods and whatever they want to see fit. Uh, Josh, uh, more time uh, talk about all things iRacing and uh, gaming in the sim segment. Yeah, of course. And, you know, this past week, uh, you know, obviously in Cup and Xfinity side, it was uh, Talladega, you know, this past week. And that's kind of what I did the last couple of days. Uh, last night, of course, uh, late night ran and actually streamed. So it's on there, um, but ran uh, fixed series both Xfinity and uh, the Cup Series and the Next Gen Car um, finished. Well, the the Cup race I ran last night, um, I actually ran into the back of somebody uh, under caution because I was texting and didn't look at the screen. So I ran into the back of somebody under caution and um, dinged up the front end a Phone little text bit. Text and drive. Yep. Well, you know, I I thought I could get away with it under caution and, you know, especially at Talladega where you're not really, you know, you're not really doing anything but under caution. But, um, yeah, it got me there and um, dinged it a little bit and maybe it would have been okay. But, you know, I felt like I needed a pit and I thought the rules in the, uh, I guess, in the Cup Series are if the pits are closed and you pit, on a closed pit that um, you just have to go to the back of the field because I think that's the rule in the uh, 87 series, the uh, 87 cars. I think that's the rule there. And I think in Indy cars, that's the rule there. So two of the series I compete in a bunch, you know, that's the rule. And I guess cup is maybe a little bit different because when I did that, they're like, Oh, we're going to hold, they're going to hold you for a while. And they gave me a 42nd penalty that I had to serve under green. So I took myself out there and made a mistake. So, um, maybe a rare mistake by me because, uh, I actually don't really compete in the, uh, I racing NASCAR cup series that often really only do it on, you know, the bigger tracks like Daytona, Talladega and the road courses and, uh, auto club uh and everything so um yeah i probably should compete this one a little bit more but and i don't know i just have been i guess it's not next gen car you know, only races good on a, a handful of tracks in my opinion so um that's kind of i guess why but uh then i did xfinity race uh on sunday night and that one was actually pretty entertaining because we basically we went like nearly the entire race without having a caution and then we ended up having two green white checkers uh at the end or actually one late caution and then a extend to a green white checkered there but 
yeah, this was really interesting because uh, everybody was racing super aggressively, and uh, you'll see it on the stream. Like we were going, you know, three wide uh, on lap 15. It was 30 lap race. It's already halfway through, but you know, we we're all going three wide, uh, driving over the top of each other. Uh, you only halfway into the race essentially, and um, you know, guys taking no no quarter, you know, going uh balls, you know, balls to the wall type of racing on on the super speedway, you know, taking it three wide up against the wall and trying to make something happen. Um somebody behind me, um like I pushed the guy to the lead and then we um like we were in the middle and then we got up to the lead in turn three and then the guy in front of me uh cut to the bottom when it was open uh to take the lead and I followed him but then I guess I drifted up slightly a little bit and then the guy behind me got a run uh and then I left just just enough to leave a little bit of an opening and this guy took it and then uh shuffled me to the back completely and then later on tried to do the same thing again uh actually I did it a couple times again and and um then uh later on like he tried to do it again and in going into the trioval and I blocked him and then we we both went onto the apron and, you know, it was, um, not having it there. Cause I felt like, you know, you know, we're in line, stay in line and let's try to make something happen instead of, you know, trying to play it, you know, every man for himself. And so I gave him a block and then, um, I think next or well going into turn one, um, I guess since I had slowed myself and everything, he was able to get back around me on the outside and I kind of drifted up, uh, into the wall, uh, well not into the wall, but kind of like, kind of, you know, slowly kind of drifted up towards him and everything and thought about maybe like squeezing him there into the wall but he didn't do it so um yeah sometimes sometimes I get that that was getting a little annoying there and um everything so um yeah that's definitely definitely not like me I guess but you know it was a little bit annoying with uh how I felt like I was being raced and everything so I was like well I'll give it right back to you there and everything so um that was pretty interesting and then Later on, we had the big one and uh, couldn't avoid it, so I ended up uh, finishing in 15th uh, in that one. So it is what it is. We'll you know, come back next time to Talladega and hopefully have a little bit uh, better result uh, on that one. Actually, I did compete uh, the other night as well because um, I did a couple of races uh, on Saturday night, did one on uh, Wednesday night at uh, Talladega, uh, Thursday night or Saturday night one at uh, Talladega or Friday night. I competed uh, in um, the Cup Series and managed to finish in fifth uh, and just, um, you know, took what I could get there uh, and survived. So, um, yeah, it was pretty interesting at Talladega, of course. And, you know, it's always, you know, about the same as what we see on TV. So, um, you know, think it's getting harder to you know predict which one which one's which and everything are they imitating i racing in real life or is i racing imitating real life uh pick pick your poison there so um yeah that's pretty much what i did this week uh on i racing uh mostly yeah just talladega stuff and then this week we'll try and do some other stuff of course arca car at homestead so might try that one out of course uh homestead is a one of my favorite tracks to race on so we'll try to do that one there uh you know oval series let's see where else uh we got the delara dash at uh phoenix raceway which should be interesting there um of course cup series and uh xfinity series this week uh at uh, dover motor speedway uh you got 
uh, let's see, you got the uh, open wheel. Uh, so, yeah, the Indy cars are at uh, Pocono. Uh, Gen 4 is also at Dover. So, uh, matching with the, the Cup Series, you got the 87 cars at uh, Nashville Super Speedway, which should be pretty interesting. Nashville is obviously another concrete track, but it's a uh, you know pretty tough, uh, you know rough track compared to the other um, you know concrete tracks on the circuits, and really have to drive around on that track uh, and everything. So it should be interesting. And you got the Cars Late Model Tour, uh, Martinsville, so that should be pretty close quarter racing there on the short track uh, in Virginia. So plenty of stuff on the oval side on the road road course racing side you've got uh got formula v at uh lime rock park you got for a uh, ferrari 488 uh, gt3 uh at olton park uh you got uh the formula you know formula fords at the knock hill racing circuit you got porsche 911s at the 24 hours of Le Mans circuit at you know circuit do 24 hours do Le Mans. uh you got the Radical SR10 at the Daytona Speedway Road Course, uh, Indy Pro 2000s at Watkins Glen, uh, and you got uh, the Toyota GR86 Circuit uh, Spa. They, I don't know how to, you know, Franco Champs. So uh, Franco Shop. There you go uh, at Toyota uh, GR86. That's the car there. Um, got GT4 at Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course. Um, got Limerock Park in the rookie Formula Ford cars. Got USF 2000s at Watkins Glen. Um, so pretty much just naming down everything on the list here. And you got Global MX-5s also at the 24-hour uh, Le Mans circuit. So plenty of variety go around here on iRacing this week uh, throughout all the series. So plenty of opportunity to try out something, uh, you know, whether you're on the road or on the sim side of, of things. So should be interesting and plenty of uh, opportunities this week uh, to be able to do that. And definitely we'll try to do some of it, maybe try to do a little bit more road racing this week, probably since I haven't really road raced uh, in a bit uh, and, you know, haven't, been able to do that so we'll try to focus a little bit more on that and maybe maybe get back into the indy car pocono or something like that and everything so yeah that's pretty much it on iRacing this week of course you want to see my stream see we, you know kind of what I was talking about with talladega you can go on my stream uh site at uh, twitch tv slash uh 2 and go on there and look at my clips and everything and see you know all my highlights and uh recap uh streams on there and go in there and uh, follow and you know go in there for more content on there uh, of course twitter at jp huffline uh which of course we'll be talking about the nfl draft this week uh and you know talk about uh all the stuff that's gonna happen there you know probably talk about dover probably talk about baku and uh uh and uh, Birmingham, Barber Motorsports Park. So, uh, going to be a lot of opportunity to discuss motorsports and you know all other things, sports and everything. Uh, you know later uh, in the week, of course, and then of course our YouTube channel, which we'll have this up and see our, all our picks there. You know, see everything that we've done uh, so far this year, this season, everything last year. Go on YouTube and subscribe to our page there, Gripship Podcast. Go subscribe and like, comment. 
uh, on our page and our, our videos and give us feedback and you know, help us uh, continue to grow the page, grow the channel. So uh, go on there and subscribe to our YouTube and everything. So yeah, that's it for me this week. Of course, uh, always glad to be on here, give the picks and uh, give um, you know my analysis and everything, of course. So um, you know, always glad to be able to discuss and break it down every week uh, with you here, Phil. So um, yeah, thanks for everything. And yeah, I'll let you finish out the close for the show. Absolutely. We're going to go and we have plenty to talk about next week. Uh, as you mentioned, we've got NASCAR, IndyCar, Formula One as the, as a foundation. And then we'll get into plenty of other series as we go along this coming week. Um, when do with anyone else? We have a good thing going here, 166 episodes. So I think it's working. Uh, you can find us, you can find the Gripster Podcast basically anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Uh, Josh, of course, mentioned the YouTube page. You can find us at Gripster Pod on Twitter. Find the show on Podbean and also philipgmatthew.com, uh, amongst other places. You can go and um, what was it? support the show and like, subscribe, etc. And uh, give us feedback. See if who wants to, if you have uh, ideas or or have people that you'd want to hear on the show in upcoming episodes. Please let us know. Uh, with that, we will be back next week. It'll be the first of May, so the year's going by. Now that racing season's uh, well underway, we're we're moving. It's the first of May. We're going to be talking about all those series, as I mentioned, IndyCar, NASCAR, Formula One, review the NFL draft for our our teams, and also, in general, some of the surprises, some of the major picks, and what those mean in the grand scheme of the NFL in 2023. Roundup will include, what is that, eight different uh, series, so or nine different series, uh well not even well, that's even more actually uh, when you consider nhra so um double digit amount of racing series in the roundup we will preview formula one in the miami parking lot for the second time the hard rock stadium parking lot with the fake marina and the whole thing uh cup and trucks will be at kansas and more so for that uh, we thank you for listening to gripster podcast uh, we hope you can you continue to listen. Look for us on our socials and when we contribute to other things like the Grid Talk or Formula Talk like I did earlier today um, with Sophia. Also for Josh, I'm Phil. Uh, take care, and we'll, we'll uh, talk to you next week after I get to bowl with a bunch of PBA pros, so that'll be pretty cool. Take care, God bless, and goodbye.